welcome to your big sis podcast my name is neha patel my name is sonia patel and we are both south asian first generation females currently living in austin texas and we both moved from traditional careers in healthcare and finance into the startup world this podcast is for you if you're looking to do the hard work and peeling back the layers on yourselves to truly understand what's holding you back from living your best life This podcast is for you if you're constantly feeling pressure to live your life by someone else's standards instead of prioritizing yourself. Join us as we pave the way for not just ourselves, but for all of our sisters out there. Happy Tuesday. This is Neha. I'm Sonia. Welcome. We are pumped to talk about this knowing that we're entering the holiday season, but today we're going to be discussing our relationship with alcohol, what we grew up around, as well as where we want to be with that relationship. And for me, it was less about what I grew up around, as I believe I had really good examples for that growing up, and I was fortunate for that. But I, as many of you know, I um, lived in New York for 10 years, and if you've ever been to Manhattan, you know it is a tiny island filled with millions of high-functioning alcoholics. I love everyone there, but that's just who we are. And so it took, it it just went through a lot of phases that I'll go through today and just where I was at with my relationship with alcohol, where I'm at today, and where I think I'd like to be in the future. Yeah. And we can start off with this, but I, we've talked about this in the past that our community Being Indian, we know that there's a huge culture around drinking, period. All of our get-togethers involve drinking. Our weddings are heavily drinking-focused. Who's getting the bottles? Who's having that room? Have you ever been to an Indian wedding where nobody threw a fit if there wasn't an open bar? Where it's, like, acceptable for mostly other cultures, but, like, in ours... I don't even think I've been to an Indian wedding where there's not an open bar. Yeah, it's... Normal. And just like all events, you're either hiding alcohol from your elders or you're, you get to that age where you can drink now and that's just kind of all your weekend consists of. Yeah. The bottle service, the everything. It's just now thinking about it, it's a lot. It's, it's just the giant irony in all of this is that a portion of India, the part of India you and I are from, or our parents are from, Gujarat. It's a state in India that is dry, which means... Alcohol is illegal there. And I think this is probably why maybe after moving to America, there's like this, like after being restricted from it or whatever that might be. I don't know how it works, but there that has to be a stop these people from getting their liquor license. Well, no, but yeah, that, that too. But I'm just wondering if that's the driver of why we grew up around so much alcohol. Yeah. And so when I was growing up, it was... My parents were very social with their friends, were always around family, and there was always drinking involved. So to me, I viewed alcohol as a social, having that in a social setting. Yeah. My parents never really drank at home by themselves or like with just us. So I that didn't affect me. But I did start drinking at a younger age. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. I started drinking in high school. And so when I went to college... I obviously went to a school that was heavily drinking involved as well. I feel like that's any college, really. But um, definitely, like, st- state colleges. Yes. In the South. In the, <laughs> in the South. So I did a lot of drinking, had my fair share of nights I don't remember. And if you know me by any means, and you can ask all my friends, I will never want to say no to a shot. I will be the one ordering the shot or I'm like, let's keep drinking and blah, 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 blah. It's, I'm obnoxious. I know that. 
But now, as I'm entering my later 20s, I'm realizing that my hangovers are now more than a day. And the anxiety that I have with having a hangover has been like too much for me to handle. Yeah. So now I'm dabbling into I want to cut back drinking or either go cold turkey. And not because I think I have a problem. I just, I don't want to do it anymore. (laughs) Yeah. What's really interesting is that when I, well, we got introduced, I think both of us were like secretly heading into this phase where we like, that wasn't the core focus of Mm -hmm. our entertainment or socializing. So when we were trying to plan ways to spend time with each other and get to know each other, I actually appreciated that we had to like think a lot about how we wanted to spend quality time. We don't really drink anymore. And maybe this is why the podcast came about because we needed an activity to do. But um, it's interesting. I think probably the first relationship or friendship I've had in adulthood where it's not based on socialized drinking. And I'm extremely happy with the result of that. But, you know, it's one of many. But going back to the socialized drinking part and who we are, kind of where we're going. So I think just the transition of wanting to not feel like shit. Yeah. But for me, me being a bit older than Sonia, I think for me, there's additional things on top of my mind as well. I was really concerned, you know, as you get older or heading into a season where I'd love to have children, I am really cognizant about my health. And just the, I think also I'm more cognizant about it leaving the pandemic. And I think in the, everyone had their own hobbies during the pandemic. Abby and I would jokingly, you know, jokingly compete on how many bottles of wine we'd get through every week. And it's like funny, but also terrifying to think about. And I think, you know, when people were stocking up on a lot of things at the beginning, the first thing we stocked up on was like alcohol. And it's just, it's so funny to think, And I totally get a leisure, like we still casually drink, but the amount we drank two to three years ago and to the extent of how consistent that became during the pandemic, I think at one point we just looked at each other and we're like, this, this is not acceptable to us. And I'm happy to have had an accountability partner in that where both of us had just self-reflected. We like looked at the empty wine bottles and our eyes were just like, does this doesn't seem right there's just two of us like this is but it's the way your brain works say like you have a stressful day at work or like you know you have a shitty day what's the first thing everyone says yeah hey I cannot wait to have a glass of wine tonight or I cannot wait to have a beer Friday night we're having margarita Friday and like it's just like everything and you know what's so funny you know what's 10 times better than I, I will still have that glass of wine but I always work like Working out for literally 10 to 15 minutes makes me feel 10 times better than immediately going for that glass. Oh, 100%. Like, and if you had told me that two years ago, I'd been like, you're like, who are you? And I think it's just, it, you're right, though. It was a numbing vehicle of relieving stress and finding other ways to reduce stress. I mean, I talked about this briefly and just kind of my whole journey of fitness and weight loss and stuff. There are two main things I went to when I was stressed was food and alcohol. And when I started realizing that when you have other ways to deal with it, deal with nourishing my body with better food and not immediately going towards alcohol, you just feel 
I mean, over, it takes time. Like I, I don't want to pretend that you try this tomorrow <laughs> when you're stressed and all of a sudden like re- restrain yourself from a glass no, of wine. never. That's not going to work. But I think you really have to make a concerted effort of, you know, just trying to attempt other ways to deal with stress and then, you know, be intentional about it. I think that's the biggest change for me. It's intention, intentionality. It's intentional. And especially like if you are a social drinker, I follow this girl on TikTok and she's in Austin and she started talking about living this damp lifestyle. And she's like, it's not that I have a problem. It's just that I want damp lifestyle. I mean, oh, it just means that like you drink either there's two ways to do it so you can either go cold turkey or you only drink wine or beer and not liquor because like some people are like that they once they have one shot they can't stop or like they have two glasses of wine and they're done because that affects you differently than like yeah maybe a shot or something so it's like living a damper lifestyle and I if you're like sober curious as you know people say like just dabbling into can I do this and it's not that you can't do it. I don't think that's the problem. I think everybody can do it. I think it's the main focus is the pressure you feel from everybody else yes. when you say that you're not drinking. You're so right. So I think it just stems from curiosity. If you're listening to this episode and you're rolling your eyes, you're not curious about this at all, then this probably isn't apply to you. But I think- also be respectful of the person next to you yeah, who maybe is I curious. Think those of us that become curious on what life is like when you're not relying on alcohol to solve a lot of your emotions, right? Because it's not just numbing for stress. Sometimes alcohol is the answer to magnify joy, to use for celebration. And now sometimes to celebrate big moments will, you know, indulge in like a spa day or something. Like it's mm-hmm. different. Like, and it's there's like celebratory drinking and stress drinking. But I think, where was I going with this? Well, I think it's just if you're sober curious. Yes. And I, like me being late 20s, there's a lot of celebrating going on that involves drinking, I actually think also the time frame you're doing it in is so much. I I would have loved to have started this sober curious journey that long ago. But I now am realizing that only because I have really great friends who have taught me. They go through like periods of like, they don't drink at all. And then they're like, hey, I'm back on or back off. And it's just like kind of wherever they're going through. But my friend, shout out Rachel, she's so good about this. But she's like, hey, I'm not drinking. And she has never once given anybody a reason to think that she's not as much fun when she's not drinking than when she is. Yeah. And And that's great. I think that it's really interesting because then you reminded me of one of my closest friends. She's never been a big drinker. And I and Abby have developed such a strong relationship with her because we live together. And when you go through establishing a relationship that way, right, you don't always need something like that to assist in, in being part of a social setting. And you start to understand what makes her tick? What makes her her? Is it you know, I, it's so funny because I know exactly what can make her laugh and it has nothing to do with whether she's intoxicated or not. <laughs> and I think that's there's something also something kind of beautiful with that as well. And she found a place within, you know, we, we made a friend group and we never pressure her and accept her for what she is. And we also know that she's a great barometer of understanding if we're going too, too hard, you know, on a particular night. And so for to mask an emotion or something. Right. And I think as long as you respect those in your group that choose to do what they want and they still want to be a part of their group and still be a part of celebrations, I think it's just 
it goes both ways. It's I commend her for always showing up and never shying away of, hey, I don't want to be in this situation because I feel awkward. But I also commend anyone who has met her, embraced that, not forced any other behavior. And I think as I'm going through this journey, I really am very, it's very eye-opening to see how accidentally some people will pressure you. Yeah. And I don't think it's always meant to be like that, but I think they're so used to you drinking and having a good time. So when you're not, they're like, what's wrong? Yeah. And I'm like, actually, I'm doing this for like more positive reasons than I am. Yeah. Negative reasons. I mean, sorry, I like recently just had the same thing of, I had to convince our biggest, one of our two biggest fans, my my mother-in-law. She was, I think I could see in her face when I refused a glass of wine like panic because she thought something was wrong and then I also saw her raise her eyebrows and get really excited because she thought I was pregnant I'm like (laughs) neither of those two things and it's I we were in a social setting we were hosting people for Diwali so I didn't have a chance to explain to her but what made me reflect immediately in the moment I'm like wow like I actually am just so happy to be here I don't it's interesting to be in a place where like I don't need to use alcohol as a crutch I'm just like happy to be here. I'm happy to be a part of the group, the conversation, having a good time with the family. And like, yeah, I don't actually need this glass of wine. I'd prefer to have some water and like wake up really refreshed tomorrow. That's it's the next day. Yeah. I'm attempting and I need everybody listening to hold me accountable, but I'm attempting dry January. And I'm doing this because I have one of my good friends weddings in January and it's like my college group. And I want to see if I can go to this wedding and be in a social setting because, especially with a wedding, you feel obligated to hold something in your hand. Wow, that's actually such a good point. It's not even like I have to be drinking. It's like everybody else has a drink in their hand. I need to physically have it. So my goal is to go to this wedding and I'm going to order a club soda or Topo Chico with a lime. And for me, that's like the first step of like, maybe it looks like a, yeah, Yeah. it looks like a tequila soda, what I would normally order, but it's not. And I'm going to test and see for myself, like my boundaries are where I kind of bend. So that way, if I can make it through a wedding and being around familiar faces and like wanting to have a good time, then I can feel like I can make it through anything. But I'm thankful that this group of friends, a lot of them are moms now and they're not big drinkers anymore. So they, they've eased back and I have a lot of friends that are like, cool, I'll have one drink and I'm good. Yeah. Another tactic I've learned is setting yourself up for either the next morning, like we said, whether it's planning a workout the next morning or something you know you do not want to be hungover for. Right. Or planning how you're getting home. So if you say like, hey, I'm, I have to drive home or like I'm responsible for other people or something if I have that responsibility then I'm not gonna yeah of course act a fool that's actually a great point of transitioning like people just growing right so my particular like New York bestie friend group we have all gone through our highs and lows with drinking a a few of us are exploring more and more kind of this more sober lifestyle and normally even just a few years ago we would have like singled out the one person who wanted to try it and make them like if they're doing dry January like we'd be like yeah like you know just like essentially convince them not to do it for that night and when we went this past week it was so nice because we had booked a workout class in the morning and one of our friends was hosting us and I love him for his personality and like how he would have like two three years ago 
would have been like, oh, we're just going to go out anyways. You'll just survive. You'll like, survive. It's your fault for booking that class because he, he wanted to spend time with us. But instead, he's like, oh, well, once I knew you had the class, I just, you know, I changed our plans. I figured we'd stay in and do it. And that gesture was just so nice. I think he's seen Avi and I change and he's accepted the changes, mm-hmm. though that's not his lifestyle. He knows that was a priority for us for, to go to that workout class and in good health and also just like I had I was in work in New York all week that was really good for my mental health and he gets that and I think it just goes to show growth in accepting changes in people and this is actually it, it seems like such a small change but it's actually pretty big it, it changes a social dynamic in a group it does because 98% of social things are around drinking I feel like that's just the whole purpose yeah and again I think just to be clear, we both still drink and we are still social mm-hmm. drinkers, but I think now we're just really intentional about it and knowing when we're doing it to numb stress. And also what this is a really big impact for me personally is that I know my, I know if I'm out and drinking, I have a actual known like intention limit of, oh, am I getting this other round because I want it or because everyone else is getting around? And it's kind of just having that lens or thought process. I just didn't have that existing in my head many years, like a few years ago. I have like, I struggle with that because if people are ordering another drink, I'm like, hell yeah, I'm up in there ordering another. Can I have my third espresso martini? Thank you. Like I'm asking for a heart attack. Oh no, I'm fully aware of that. But I'm the first one to order more tequila or whatever. And so for me and wanting to elevate my life in other ways, the people that I've seen, like, yes. this is a prime example. I watched in an interview with Jack Harlow and Jack Harlow's like, I don't drink. And they're like, why? And he's like, I he just, does. he doesn't. Don't you love him more for that? That's interesting. I didn't know that. Because he wants to have this clear mind and like, he wants to focus on his music and just like. Being hungover just clouds so much. I I cannot emphasize that enough because also the reason why this overlapped with our, like, Abby and I just being more sober, curious, and intentional about drinking overlapped with first our fitness goals, but then mm-hmm. our career goals. Mm-hmm. Things popped off for us, and we needed to be on our A-game every single day. I don't drink on Sundays anymore because I refuse to go into my job on work or on Mondays hungover at any capacity. Like yeah. I can't do that. I physically can't be as sharp as I need to be. I think if yeah, I'm hungover. being sharp is just so important to me now. I think for me to have a fulfilling work day, career, etc., remaining sharp. And it doesn't mean I have to be sharp like 24 seven, but like that contributes to lack of sharpness on a day that I wanted to be sharp. Like it ruins your confidence. I mean, you head into like, imposter syndrome because you're not on your a game and it happens to be that day you had a meeting where somebody you know tested you some on Mm -hmm. something and you know I personally don't want to be in that situation if I could avoid it and so I I intentionally make sure that I'm prepared and that includes not impairing your mind for an effective work and you might have a corporate job or you might have another passion like music or whatever that might be and I think it's super interesting because if you had told younger Sonia or Neha <laughs> any of this, they would they be like, laughed in your face. You? And what have you done with our former selves? But I think I just hate the feeling of being sluggish, knowing that I want to do yes. so much in a day. So if I spend half the day sleeping, I would be so mad at myself. Yeah, I'm with you. 
And I also just really like, I mean, both of us are aunts as well. And I used to be really comfortable being like tired and sluggish trying to play with my niece and nephew after a weekend or, you know, a night out. And now like when I'm around family, I don't get to see them often. I want to be at a hundred percent the whole time. You want to run around with them. You want to have fun with them and be present. And you can't really do that when you're like, you can drink. I'm not saying don't have like, you know, a couple glasses or whatever your limit is, but going overboard, how does that make you feel the next day and during it? And how do you present yourself when you're in the moment? No, I think that's a really good way of putting it and probably just reemphasizing both you and I really enjoy wine. We enjoy it for the quality, the taste, and like a little wine connoisseur. She has. It's it's actually pretty impressive. <laughs> but uh, I think it's just interesting to approach life this way with anything. And for us, it happened to be alcohol because that was one thing bo- like we just had a very strong relationship with before. And so if you're entering, you know, Christmas time or the new year with wanting to be a little bit more sober, curious, or just kind of cut back on your drinking, we want to challenge you to set yourself up for success. Like plan things the next morning, you know, pretty early or like have a accountability partner, you know, something that motivates reward yourself you. with a spa day. Yeah. Reward yourself with a spa day, some new leggings, some new whatever you want, but challenge yourself to, to take this leap and, you know, if it works, if it doesn't keep doing you, I'm not your mom. Yeah. I think I'm excited heading into this holiday season. I feel so like, I feel so good. And I think I will forever cherish that feeling and will always be on the lookout to continue feeling that way. Bettering yourself. I like it. All right. See you all later. Bye. Thank you so, so much for listening in. Please do us a favor and share this episode with your friends, family, and neighbors. Better yet, please tag us on Instagram and leave a review if you enjoyed this episode. See you next time.